Gathering with other staffers in solidarity at a Lower East Side bar, reporter Noah Hurwitz says the journalist opted to join Writers Guild of America East to fight for the basics. I haven't gotten a raise in two years, you know? My health insurance is, was terrible. I didn't get overtime. He's among those who see Ricketts' decision to fold as retaliation after management cautioned workers against unionizing. I have no regrets. We stood tall. We did what was right. You know, they did what they did. They crushed us. Sure. But we stood tall and we, you know, we died on our feet, not on our knees. Staffers say the loss of both sides is a loss for local journalism, as fewer organizations devote resources to hyper-local stories. People still need to be informed about these things, and it's frankly a victory. This is, all, this is only a victory for people who don't want to be exposed to sunlight and who don't and who want to hide everything that they're doing. For its part, the Writers Guild released a statement saying it's deeply concerned about the decision to close down both sites and that it will be looking at all Everybody, it is November sixteenth, twenty seventeen. Although when this airs, it will probably be I don't know the nineteenth or something like that. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> uh, welcome to another episode of Struggle Session, your pop culture and leftist politics hub. Your hub. Yeah, uh, we're a hub. We're a hub now. I've decided it. I've decreed it as of today. We're not just. We're, we're pivoting to video. Yeah. Uh, so, I'm your host, Jonathan Daniel Brown. Uh, I'm Jack Allison. I'm Leslie the Third, And we've got a very awesome guest today. His name is Dave Cologne. Hello, Dave. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Oh, our pleasure. Our pleasure. And Dave is, uh, what's really exciting is that he was with God. I mean, it's not exciting. It's actually fucking awful. Uh, Dave was an editor at uh, Gothamist, which was merged with DNA Info after it was purchased by a Trump-supporting billionaire, uh, an asshole by the name of Joe Ricketts. Uh, his shitty kids own the Chicago Cubs, and one of them is in charge of Nebraska, and uh, now he's uh, attacking reporters trying to unionize. So what? Uh- what birthday did they receive Nebraska and the Cubs for? Is my big question. Because <laughs> those are big gifts. I mean, like, you, is that like a twenty-one or is that eighteen? Like, when do you? They're receive like older. The, uh... They're weird. It's, they're they're older kids. It's uh, you know. Yeah, Ricketts is seventy-six. Stop, your parents stop buying you gifts when you're that age. It's, right. Uh, it's it's pathetic. It's, <laughs> yeah, I'm not receiving gifts from my parents anymore, but these kids have received uh, the Cubs. Um, so good for them. So so Dave was an editor at Gothamist, which uh, about, what, six months or so ago was purchased by a man named Joe Ricketts. Joe Ricketts is a Trump-supporting multi-billionaire who uh, his kids own the Chicago Cubs and the state of Nebraska. Yeah. And uh, he got rich, I believe, from Ameritrade, although I'm sure... It came from like a nice $2 million loan from his dad or something. And uh, so a few months ago, he bought this uh, website, Gothamist. He owned another site called DNA Info. And the sites barely had anything to do with each other except for the fact that they were uh, locally based journalist outlets. They were journalist outlets based not on, uh, you know, 
Trump and Mueller and Russia and whatever fucking shit you see on CNN every single goddamn day. It was actually like on the ground reporting about things happening in communities. And so Gothamist had a bunch of spinoffs like LAist and SFist and they, they covered countless cities. And Ricketts, as soon as he bought the uh, paper, correct me if I'm wrong, Colin, but the, um, d- sorry, correct me if I'm wrong, Dave. <laughs> I can't call you by your last name. Cologne. I don't, Cologne. It's Cologne. I said uh, Cologne. And also let's use Dave. I know. Oh. What am I? I'm like I'm like acting like I'm like a drill sergeant or something. <laughs> I'm just it's, it's the it's the cold brew. Um, so correct me if I'm wrong, Dave. But the first thing he did when he bought Gothamist is he deleted every article making fun of him. So I, I it, it that did happen that the articles about Joe Ricketts that were on Gothamist and maybe Chicagoist I forget were deleted, but they weren't deleted by him. It wasn't like he you know. Went and uh, and told our bosses at Gothamist, you got to get rid of these. They did it on their own, which was weird and like not a great uh, uh, sign of things to come. Mm. They they and then uh, the only way that they got caught was they didn't delete the tweets that promoted. <laughs> oh, so I think that like whoever uh, Brendan O'Connor or whoever from from Jezebel. Just like searched our Twitter for for rickets and found these old links and they they were dead and it was like so he deleted these uh, you know and yeah like Jake and Je- Jake Dobkin and Jen Chug the founders of Gothamist were like well you know we don't cover Joe Ricketts and people were like fuck this we is did like bad yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, you know like I don't remember why they did it to begin with you know it was it was before I got there I'd only been there for about a year. Um, but, you know, just the fact that it happened and, you know, we would, we then asked them afterwards, what's going to happen if, if he wants other, uh, if he does want things deleted or people want things deleted or you can talk about it with us or are we going to say no or we would and like none of the answers were anything close to satisfactory. It was always like, they would just tell you what they thought you wanted to hear, mm-hmm. but in like a very bad, in a way that you were like. I don't believe this at all. <laughs> yeah. Now, um, uh, you know, I've been told that it's actually pretty shockingly common that when uh, outlets transfer power from one owner to the other, a big part of facilitating the sale is, you know, I'll delete this stuff that makes you look bad if you want to own this. And, like, uh, I've heard that, like, this is becoming, you know, a bigger and bigger problem in the digital age where you don't have, you know, the physical media to essentially have proof that uh these things ever existed but in the in the internet era they just they just kind of go away forever so so gothamist they did it themselves to facilitate the sale and I then uh, they ri- thought yeah they thought they were gonna make him happy with it like i yeah he probably didn't know they existed it, it was so weird that is weird yeah. i mean he's 76 it was, it was an offering taken to the mouth of the volcano is what yeah, you're saying right yeah. right yeah i think that you know i mean Whatever, you're nervous, you don't want to screw up the sale, but also, right. like, either don't do that or, or don't be so sloppy that somebody just searches rickets. Right. Well, it's an, easy, it's, an, it's an easy trade. You get multiple millions of dollars, and all you have to sacrifice is your integrity. Yeah, well, yeah. There's also well, that's that. not fair. That, that's not fair, JDB. The, the actual people who deleted the articles didn't receive any kind of money whatsoever. Right, <laughs> that's true. the company that received any money. 
Um, so let's go ahead. Let's move ahead on the timeline here past... Uh, uh, yeah, so we owned it for about, what, six, six months? Not that long. Less than a year. And, um, you I, know, I there's... Like, yeah, like nine or something. I remember it happened in February because I was at a funeral when the site was... Uh, when the sale got announced. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> well, that turned out to be one long funeral. Yeah, oh very God. long. It was fucking terrible. Um... And, and 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 when you found out that that this guy Joe Ricketts who likes to write blog posts that his uh, assistants transcribe for him <laughs> about why you know single parenthood is evil, why Trump is a good president, yeah, why why did this guy even need to buy news uh, uh, websites when he's such uh, he's got such an interesting publication outlet of his own? <laughs> yeah, the Joe Ricketts blog is <laughs> the, all the news you need. I mean, so Joe Ricketts did. He did one great thing with DNA Info because apparently he really did have like a whole thing about I want, you know, down the middle, uh, objective, local news journalism. And he did one really smart thing, which was he showed up like every billionaire does with just a, you know, rinks truck full of money, uh, <laughs> backs it up to all of these like veteran editors and reporters. And he's just like, build, a, build whatever newsroom you want. I don't care. This is, you know, you know this better than me. And so for a really long time, like, there were all of these, like, you know, veteran, uh, really just experienced, hard-nosed people who were like, great, we get to do all the borough reporting that, you know, the news is pulling back on and the Post is pulling back on and that the Times is totally retreated on. And, you know, it didn't make money, uh, but it also had a name that, like, you know, nobody knew what the hell it was. <laughs> like you get, like like I saw subway ads for Dina Info years ago before I started, you know, before the merger, before I kind of knew what they were, and I was just like, what the fuck is this? Like, what? This is yeah, this is some yeah. What? When when, when I first when I first read all the stories about uh, uh, the the sites getting shut down, I thought DNA Info was like a place that you find out like what kind of breed your dog is. Right. So I, I had never. I had known about all of the Gothamist sites. I read LAist every single day. Yeah. But I had never heard of DNA Info. And, like, I didn't actually know that when that this dude Ricketts bought Gothamist, he had merged the sites. I had never even – because – and I looked up DNA Info, and, I mean, it doesn't – it looks like that these sites, besides being uh, locally based or at least, uh, you know, uh, about local information, I, I could not... Like, they bear they had, very little resemblance to each right. other. Even though in reading about it, it does seem like DNA Info did have like a very valuable purpose. Uh, uh, maybe oh, a little more absolutely. wonky I mean, than the articles I read. But uh, uh, but yeah, it, it did seem like a it's a strange merge to begin with. It was, and it was like... So they were doing their thing, and and they were, you know... Very, very local, granular reporting, going to community board meetings, doing shit like that. And uh, then there was us, and, you know, like, Gothamist had this name that everybody recognized. And Ricketts, in a number of ways, like, wasn't able to make money with this. And, uh, you know, people at DNA Info could probably speak to it a little bit, excuse me, more uh, as to why that was, you know. But definitely part of it was, like, your name was DNA Info, and you just were just run by this guy who, like thinks he's really smart when all he right. did was give other smart people a bunch of money. Right. Uh, and and so, and Gothamist, on the other hand, small, scrappy, essentially underpaying everybody that worked there for an incredibly long time. And so mm. Ricketts was like, oh, Jake and Chen, you guys know how to make money doing this. 
without kind of understanding that their secret to making money was was ripping the the staff off. Yeah, like and and to be fair to the to the staff and like you know when I got my job there and they were like we'll pay you forty two thousand dollars and I was like hey this is more money than I've ever made in my in ten years of living in the fucking city, uh, mm. which is incredibly yeah. sad for me. And B, <laughs> there was a, a like people bought in because we were small and scrappy and you right. could write almost whatever you wanted. Uh, you know, so like, well, and that's the, that's the thing that like does change when big money gets involved. Like, I kind of agree with you. Like, even in my experience, like not in news media, working at the, there is an element of banding together and like building something together. But that element gets taken away when there's like a gigantic infusion of money. Like that ethos of like we're all building something goes away when you've built something. Yeah, right, and and it. You know, it didn't necessarily have to go away when the sale happened, but, like, what, you know, it started turning into this thing where they were like, well, we're nervous that, you know, Ricketts will see us uh, calling Donald Trump a dipshit, so we want to stop doing that, and we want to try to be more down the middle, but it, like, there was no... Down the middle. There was, like, no actual guidelines for it, so people would, like, you know, sometimes they'd be like, Dave, uh, you know, I'd be like, I'm going to write this thing. Uh, where, you know, be like, all right, we'll be careful, don't, like, slander anybody. And then sometimes it would be like, I'd call, you know, Andrew Cuomo, like, a soulless golem made of, uh, <laughs> or something. Or I guess that was well, that's not libel because it's, it's factually true. Right. So. <laughs> so, you know, we would, like, dunk on, like, local Democratic politicians like we always did. And it was like, so we can do this. Right. You want us to, like, and you don't want us to swear as much. But, like, then sometimes I would still just get a fuck in there somehow. And it was like, <laughs> what? So it was chaotic, and it wasn't a matter of right. it was barely the money. It was that like, you know, it was it's so inconsistent. Yes, and and that and that that's the weird thing about like so many of these MAGA people, right? Like, you know, if you go up to one of them and you go like, yeah, like you're 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 right, Bill Clinton is you know a creep or whatever, they'll be sane until you talk <laughs> about literally anything else. Like right. the, the the bizarre thing about uh. Ricketts describing the middle is that for him, the standard is supporting Donald Trump's presidency. Like that there is no, the idea that there's a middle ground to that is just so cartoonishly, uh, I mean, it's, it's only something a billionaire could think. Right. And, and it's, and the thing is a guy like him, I guess I, I, I guess there's an arrogance to think that like, you're going to be the one to figure out a for profit, model for internet news media that actually works because like right now nobody knows <laughs> the yeah. new york times can't figure it out the washington post can't figure it out everyone feels completely trapped under you know zuckerberg and bezos and and, and google and like so how is this fucking 76 year old dude gonna pull it off <laughs> well I, I guess that gets it at at it right like this whole thing we're, what we're talking about we're talking about all these journalists we're talking about what they meant to readers and fans and all these important articles and work but what the his existence really came down to the eagle of this one extremely dumb billionaire and right. i and, uh, ju- and so dumb and just to illustrate that i would uh really recommend everybody read his blog post about this yeah. issue uh titled why i'm against unions at businesses you know <laughs> really sensational title right there really you know just starts off like 
like really hot. Like I'll just read the first couple of paragraphs just so you can get a sense of like the the galaxy level brain this man has. <laughs> He starts off, of course, uh, with uh, basically a definition, as all um, good term papers do. <laughs> it is the free enterprise system that has made this country an economically wealthy and powerful nation, and I enjoy participating in it. And I like starting <laughs> businesses that solve problems and create jobs. In fact, I love it. When a business succeeds, it's fantastic. Fantastic for the people working in the business and fantastic for consumers who benefit from a new product or, or service. But there's right. a tough reality to starting businesses. More of them fail than succeed. succeed. In <gasps> no. fact, most businesses fail. Which is two ways the same, the no, same exact the thing. The poor businesses. Don't say that, Leslie. Don't say it. <laughs> they fail because it's hard to build a successful company. There are always powerful forces working against you, e.g. competition, regulation, access to capital, poor execution, parts, poor timing, and bad luck. Sometimes it turns out that your idea, idea just won't work. I'm like, this is this is a, like a high school term paper. Now. Yeah, th- no, I mean, this is like somebody plagiarizing like a sixth grade social studies textbook. In many ways, to make money, you must bring in more money than you spend. Oh, I still can't get over the. I've, I've been talking to people for weeks about the the seesaw analogy. Yeah, that just suggests that. She either doesn't know how a seesaw works or, <laughs> or just like never really played on one. Like, and I've been talking to people, and I'm like, "What is he? Des- what is he actually describing?" Well, you, you need know? you need everybody to sit on one side of the seesaw, and then the other side will just be up in the air. Well, well, I, let, I, let, I, let's explain it. Let's explain. Yeah, right. Let's explain. We let Ricketts explain it in his own words through yeah. Leslie, of course. Okay, let's hold on one second. Oh, it's just so incredible to me. <laughs> All right, so. Indeed, in my opinion, uh, so he's already complained about how unions basically hurt uh, the business owners' feelings and, you know, forming a union shows you're not on the same team. Um, Which is sad for the owners. I do feel bad for them that they feel sad. (laughs) Indeed, in my opinion, the essential esprit de corps that every successful company needs can't exist (laughs) when employees and ownership see themselves as being on opposite ends of a seesaw. Everyone at a company... Owners and employees alike need to be sitting on the same end of the seesaw because the world is sitting on the other end. Well, I I guess it kind of makes – but you still wouldn't win if the entire world is against you. You don't win at a seesaw. It's fun to go up and down. (laughs) Is that two people sit on opposite sides and help each other go up and down (laughs) and enjoy it? So the actual analogy – is the management is on one side and the, the union and the employees are on the other and people support each other and go up and down and have fun. Hooray! Everyone's having fun. Everyone yeah. gets to go up and down That's- on the seesaw. The way Joe Rickett wants it is like... 40 people sitting on one side of a seesaw. <laughs> and then the other, the other side, side is, is just, just up. Up forever? Yeah. yeah. Like, the yes. way a seesaw works is that you never go up into the air. That's the fun way to use a seesaw. Yeah, it's mm. not a struggle or a competition. So, like, I've been saying to people, I was like, what is he describing? And nobody can <laughs> answer it because, <laughs> like, it's this weird thing where he accidentally described why a union is actually a great idea. Yeah. Right. Because well, it's because it, he's only it, ever seen a seesaw from out the window of a helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and he uses this to like obscure like the reality of it is like he just doesn't like unions. Like I don't think 
that the financial viability of DNA Info or Gothamists were, you know, at stake um, by you guys unionizing. I think his maybe reputation as a right-wing, powerful dickhead was uh, at stake, if anything. His ego was at at stake in this, not the actual company or the business. And he is too much of a coward to actually come out and say that publicly. Oh, yeah, no. I mean, this was... You know, everybody we have been saying, and it's true, we never even got to make an offer. Like, we never got to get a look at the financials. We never got to sit down and say, you know, and everybody loved working there. So nobody was going to go like, what we want is uh, $100,000 in gold-plated pensions and, uh, you know, all elective plastic surgery will be covered for free under our health (laughs) care plan. Like, Although I do think that everybody should have that. Yes, obviously everybody should have that, but like... We weren't going to, that wasn't going right. to be our first ask. Uh, and, and so, yeah, I mean, I think that he did this, it, he, he will never say out loud because he uh, could, you know, I guess get in legal trouble for it. But like, yeah, he obviously shut us down right. as a, you know, just a, a clear response to our That's- overwhelmingly uh, positive pro-union vote. That's really interesting that you guys hadn't even made an offer yet. Because yeah, that, it was a you know, week. That really, that really just throws completely in the face like any argument about this being like a financial or existential liability uh, for them. Because you know, I, I've been trying to do some work with like some unionizing uh, uh, out here in Los Angeles, and what I've been finding, like, and you know, this kind of there aren't really like that great rates for digital yet, like built in with the unions, and that's not a knock on the unions. Like, they're just. I, so I guess my point uh, that I'm trying to make there is that most of these companies, it is not an existential threat to them because there don't exist like like insane minimums uh, uh, for digital right. content. Yet. Right. Like right. these things are still being formed. Like really all that people want when they're unionizing is just for there to be an outside entity that cares about their interests because there is none within these companies. You know what I mean? Like I actually I think uh, – um, you know, for a couple, I, I don't know if it would have been the case with 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 you guys, but uh, uh, for some of these like digital companies out here, you know, there wouldn't even be a gigantic or any pay raise for the employees. It just is like setting into terms that like there's going to be an outside entity negotiating our uh, uh, the terms of our contract, right? Right, and I mean, you know, we wanted we wanted other certain things. I think more than even more than like. Locking in, you know, what kind of what a uh, what a schedule for raises would be, or what they would be exactly. You know, we wanted editorial independence in a contract. You know, we wanted right. legal language about that. We wanted, you know, media is tumultuous, and we wanted something that locked in what our severance would be if we got laid off, because we didn't yeah. want to just count on like, oh, maybe your boss will be nice to you. Like, yeah, like, and look, like, and what look, the fuck uh, happened to everybody at, at Mike? Like. You know, mm. And also, like, like, look what happened to you guys. You right, know what right. I mean? Like, well, that's look what why happened you want to them. us. And we we got the WGA stuck around and helped us and really, like, got us. I wouldn't be able to be giving you this interview, uh, wow. you know, because they wanted us to have non disparagement clauses. Like, which is insane. How yes. could you get a. I mean, to me, at this point, in like, especially with what's going on right now, with like all of these like rich creeps getting taken down for like being like fucking sex criminals. Sure. Uh, at what point does the non-disclosure agreement and the non-disparagement agreement become like 
frankly, I, I, unconstitutional. Like honestly, yeah, how is this like, shit, like, allowed? You could, like, pay someone off to, like, not... I mean, whatever. This is very different from the situation that you guys were in. But right. that Harvey Weinstein shit where it's like, you know, uh, uh, sign a piece of paper so you can never press char- rape charges yeah. against me. I'm like, that should be illegal, actually. But that's like, that attitude is so common in all of business where it's yeah. like you can just buy peace for someone you yeah. fucked over. And like, I, you know, I'm really glad that the writers at Gothamist didn't have to sign a, a yeah. non-disparagement agreement because I know journalists who have been fired from other outlets for trying to like get people together and and you know, get a better deal from their bosses, and they do have to sign them. I know people at Hollywood Trades that have been completely shut out of, like, knocking on their old bosses just because yeah. they had a team of lawyers that were smarter than them. And, 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 uh... So let me ask you a question. Like, in the lead-up to unionizing, so how long were you guys talking about it? Yes, yeah, let's go, so, let's go uh, rewind so a bit. So, funny story, Gothamist writers had been talking about it, you know, on our own. Um, you know, like, uh... Oh well, we're good. you know like we we had met and we had met with the WGA, uh, and they we we were very close to going public that that you know we that we joined the union and then the mm-hmm. sale happened and obviously we had to put everything on hold. Oh. So we were I mean we were like inches away and it turned out uh, we, you know we were very fortunate in that a lot of us were friends or, uh, with some people at DNA Info. So when the sale happened. It turned out that some of them had been talking to the W, or had been at least talking about, mm. you know, where who were we going to go with? And we were like, well, we went with the WGA, maybe we should all just do that. And we talked about it, and we did. It was, like, almost immediate. It was very good that That's we right. knew each other uh, and were able to just kind of use those pre-existing relationships to uh, just, like, you know, immediately come together in a, in a way that I think maybe took management by surprise a little bit uh yeah i mean i imagine it was like immediate like a week after the sale that's awesome Uh, wait wait these 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 journalists aren't hating each other they're not seeing each other as threats to each other's existence (laughs) what the fuck's going on here we were supposed to get these people to kill each other (laughs) yeah it was like there was like some kind of beef between the sites but like it kind of predated you know, at least predated me being there uh, for the most part. And, you know, I came from another website called Brooklyn. And mm. and so, like, I, you know, I, I looked, I watched both of these websites and I loved them both. And I knew people at both places. So I was just like, why? Just like, who fucking cares about any of this? Like, now we, we all have to work together. We may as well make the best of it. And we also may as well all immediately get together and, you know, like, just keep this union thing going uh was my attitude anyway mm-hmm. and, and what was the process were you guys did you guys set up a slack did you guys start <laughs> doing secret meetings yeah, like so you know we did have a slack like but no one really ever used it we just started using our personal uh gmails to talk mm. with each other you know i mean you gotta have some some decent opsec so nothing mentioned on a uh, company email nothing mentioned on company slack Everything done. Uh, I had one friend who got signal, but not everybody else did. I mean, I wasn't. I I didn't think that you know, Ricketts or Jake or Jen were like somehow spying on our cell phones. Um, 
So, but looking back, it's they probably were right. I mean, <laughs> if, if they were smart enough to hack my cell phone, I would be. I would hope they'd be smart enough to have union busted better than they did. Right? That's the thing. Like Joe Ricketts can't even run his own blog. <laughs> he, I mean, yeah, looking at his blog, and his uh, son can't even run Nebraska. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so we got together. We you know we put together an organizing committee. Um, that was, I think it was like equal Gothamist and equal DNA info people. Uh, and we just started meeting with these, organ- you know, the WGA organizers again. And, is the uh, WGA East, correct? Yes, yeah. I yeah, the WGA, the WGA West does uh, not do like right. online they journalism. Do the, they do the Hollywood yeah. stuff. Right. So yeah. we met the WGA East people uh, who were great. Uh, uh, wonderful uh, organizers and who'd you who'd you work with over there? Uh, uh, there was uh, the last guy that we worked with was this guy named Ism. He was he shepherded us through uh, the um, like the the NLRB process. But then there was cool. also uh, Megan McRobert and uh, Justin Melito. Okay, uh, cool. Yeah, they were all they were great. They really they they had they like had answers to everything, and they were they were very good about like. We know this is very stressful for everybody, so we're not going to, like, press. Right. Um, but the other thing was, you know, so there was a thing that happened to, that had, that just like, for me to go back a little bit, after Ricketts had given this dump truck full of money to all of his great editors to put together the newsroom of their dreams, when the sale starts happening, um, he, he's going, oh, uh, you know, I got to, like, start paring down payroll. I gotta, you know, uh, so he starts laying these people mm. off. He's like people who, you know, he said, oh, well, you make too much money. Uh, right. So he laid off people that like a man ended. with over $2 billion. Right. <laughs> right. You know, oh, you make $75,000 a year. I'm sorry. We just can't afford you. Uh, you know, so he's laying all these people off. These people, beloved, respected. So DNA Info was, as my uh, friend who was on the on that side and on and on the bargaining committee, he said they were brutalized. Uh, you know, like they lost so many people that they loved and respected. And so by the time it was like, like you know, you had the people who were there who definitely wanted to unionize and who wanted to be on the organizing committee, and everybody else was like, "Well, for Christ's sake!" Like we just saw what happened. You know, there was there was after the many rounds of layoffs, there was a final round of layoffs. After the after the merger, where another bunch of people, yeah, yeah, like not should not. I mean, right. like, you know, these layoffs should never happen, but like these ones especially should not have. And a bunch yeah. of good people lost their jobs, and so everybody at DNA Info was just kind of like, oh, why would we trust these people anymore? Uh, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. let's, we're just gonna we're gonna we're gonna go with our our colleagues who are saying, hey, come with us to this, you know. Possibly uncharted territory because the yeah. the other, you know, we we've seen what happened. You know, you but do you think there, that's there are people over here that are at least saying they give a shit about us? Right. Let's go hear what they have to say. Right. right. And do you do you think that might have been uh, intentional? To uh, you know, do you think that the new ownership was attempting to drive a wedge between the two uh, merging companies and their employees? Well, I think so. And I, I just was reminded of this recently, but, you know, the, so Gothamist had two layoffs, uh, at the, you know, because we were just so small, uh, in the run up to the sale and then right after the announcement of the sale. And DNA Info had these, you know, all these rounds over, you know, like just one after the other. 
And then it seemed like it had calmed down. And what uh, one of the people who uh, lost her jobs was talking about yesterday in the wake of this New Yorker story was that, and I, I must have forgotten the timeline until she mentioned it, but I mean, it seemed like they maybe, they found out about the union efforts and they laid off a bunch of people again. Because right, that was day, a the next that was retribution. Got, yeah, the next day we got the anti-union spiel. So there was there's now you know it's like oh you know like is that what that last round was because like it didn't make any sense. Right. Um, so and at that point that's like illegal, right? The anti-union. Spiel well, yeah. Tell us how that went down. So well, so the anti-union stuff was it was it was just done so poorly, like. Everything that they did, they could have just put this energy towards, you know, just going, all right, you guys do whatever, you know, you think you got to do this, go and do this. You know, they could have been like, we don't like it, but, right. you know, we're going to focus on bringing you all together as a as these two disparate teams into one uh, and, and you know, make this work as best we can. And unionization is a great way to do that, by the way. You have a bunch of people working at the same company on this, uh, you know, protecting each other's interests. Right. It's kind of like, you know, that's that's sitting on one side of the seesaw. It's a a very good (laughs) trust exercise. Yeah. And, you know, like, I think to the the credit of everybody on the the organizing committee, I mean, we kind of use that as a way to be like, so what don't you like about working here? What can we do to, you know, fix things up? But the point is that, like, while unionization is one good way to do that, the other thing is that, you know, management could have just been like, all right, we're going to focus on making this work however we can. And instead, they had uh, Jen Chung, the co-founder of Gothamist, give the same exact anti-union spiel to us and to DNA Info, like no change at all. And, you know, everybody at DNA Info at that point, it was like mentioned in that New Yorker article, everybody in DNA Info is like shell-shocked from all these layoffs. They don't know who this woman is. Like, she, she, for all they, like, all they really know her is like, oh, you ran Gothamist, and we had, like, a beef with them, and now you're coming in here, and you're telling us, like, the union doesn't care about you, you're not going to get a raise if you get a union, you know? Uh, I don't remember her saying that Ricketts would shut the company down, I know there was that letter that came out afterwards that was like, you know, oh, could this be the the straw that breaks the camel's back? Well, uh, I don't know. Like, but she gave the same exact speech to both Stats and yeah, like what? Like, well, what, and then what? What happened to her? Uh, what happened to her between the sale? Like, was she always that? I mean, you know, was she always such a hardliner on her on her employees, or did that did that change after the sale? Did the money corrupt her, or was I mean, it just I don't like know that it's you know the money corrupted her? I think that her and Jake were just doing what they thought they had to do to to keep uh, this company alive, and it's not to say that you know. Uh, Jake's subsequent extremely personalized union busting is okay by any means, but I don't think that it was a thing where they were like getting orders, you know, from Ricketts. I don't think right. it was but, but, but personalized. Yeah, so, so tell us a little bit about that extremely personalized union busting. Yeah, so, uh, you know, as mentioned in the New Yorker article, and I don't know who, uh, you know, even on background went, talked about this with them, but there were these lunches when we finally moved to the DNA info offices in, you know, probably April or May or something, we all had to, you know, Jake would be like, Oh, I just want to take you to lunch to uh 
you know, see how you're adjusting to the move. Because, like, it was a little bit of a different office environment and all this stuff. But a friend of mine had tipped me off that, like, oh, I went on this lunch. It was not about, you know, how are you adjusting? It was, like, five minutes of that. And then it was like, so, you guys are trying to destroy the company, huh? (laughs) Jesus Uh, Christ. And, you know, and it was just, like, it was... So I, I, the first time he was like, Hey dude, I want to take you to lunch. And I was like, no, oh no, I'm adjusted, man. I'm a, uh, <laughs> yeah. just like want to do my work. Please leave me alone. Because also like, I had never dealt with Jake before this. Like he wasn't my friend. Like he wasn't. Right. Right. So, so then again, you know, like the next day or something, he's like, so you want to get lunch? And I was like, Oh my God, I thought we really ought to do this. I knew it would not end well because I have kind of an anger problem. I knew it would not end well. And, mm. you know, he t- so he takes me Join out. Join the club. <laughs> yeah, he, like, takes me out, and we're, like, sitting there, uh, and he's giving me the whole anti-union spiel, but he's also, like, trying to drive a wedge. I think he didn't understand how well people knew each other, so he's, like, telling me about, like, oh, you know, this person from DNA Info, like, you know they always talk shit about Gothamist, and, like, I just kind of sat there, and I was like, that person is my friend, and yeah. we've known each other for a lot, like, for longer than I've even worked at Gothamist, so, like, I don't care. You'd be like, don't don't let this, you know, leave the room, but, like, you know, this person, and I was like, oh I'm not, gonna, I'm going to let this, I'm immediately going to tell people that you said <laughs> this to me. So, ostensibly, he was using mean girl techniques to try to union bust? Yeah, like, he was just trying to, like, divide everybody. And then, you know, he also was saying, like, oh, you guys are going to ruin, you know, Ricketts is going to, I guess he was right, Ricketts is going to shut everything down. This is the kind of guy he is, uh, you know. But they sold it to him. Yeah, I know, I know. I, you know, and he also was using his appeal of, like, I can, I can maybe, I can email this to you guys. He wrote a blog post that was, like, because he had that Ask a Native New Yorker column, and the blog post was like that. It, it, it one of them ended with like literally a call for all digital media shops to unionize. And you know, he oh was, my god, he was talking to me, and he was like, "Hey man, you know, like you know that I'm I'm super left wing. Like I'm probably more left wing than you are. Like you don't even know. <laughs> but I just want you to like, you guys gotta like give it a few months, put it aside." Let us show Ricketts that we're making money, and then, and I was like, and then what? And he was like, you know, because if he's like ideologically opposed to unions anyway, and he was like, but then maybe we can like, you know, and he was like, maybe we can do some stuff for you guys like in the in the interim. And I was just like, no, I'm not, you know, I don't know, I don't trust you. And it turned into this whole <laughs> thing, and it was getting more and more tense. And I literally, uh, after dessert, but before the bill came, like got up, shoved my chair, and I was like, I'll see you at the office. I can't take, like, I, like, left him <laughs> yeah. in the restaurant, and I came back to the office by myself, and people were like, where's Jake? And I was like, uh, well, I kind of just... still at per se. Yeah, I kind of <laughs> just stormed out of the lunch. Good for uh, you. With yeah. my boss. I mean, it was, <laughs> you know, I, like, did it, and I felt really good, and then I was like, fuck, I really just, like, ditched my boss very angrily, uh... <sighs> But, well, at know. least at least at least everyone got fired, and not just you. That's, I know. Well, that was for a little while. I was like, they are definitely going to find a way to fire me now. Uh, but like everybody but, got these, and everybody to different degrees was leaned on in a way that, like, you know, he always included the thing I think about, like, uh, you know me, I'm super left wing. I'm your, I'm your buddy Jake. Like, but he made 
people talked about, like being uncomfortable. Yeah. That's what a lot of rich liberals do is that they'll yes. try to like outleft you using usually some kind of like identity or yeah. some 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 kind of like well you know like I really care about this marginalized group so like that's why I can pay you less. And yeah, I mean I also I, I mean I think that like uh, uh, oh hold on maybe we'll just wait for that hold for sirens. Oh sorry yeah no you're in New York, New York City York, I get it <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I also think that like with stuff like him talking about like how left wing he is how left wing you are doesn't matter unless you can like when it comes time to put it into action and you don't do right. it you know what i mean yeah like, like you could have a fucking like che poster in your <laughs> yeah, in exactly. your house i don't give like, a shit what does like, it mean <laughs> to say that you're left wing if when push comes to shove you don't act in that way it doesn't matter you know what i mean <laughs> right and it's, it's hard. hard i'm not like it's, it's it can be difficult to live up to your own Ideals. ideas for the world but like this was this was like a massive yeah. Like I mean, what I'm, I'm, I'll also say that I'm like, it's one, it'd be one thing if he's just like stuck in a terrible position, believes these things, but like knows that the whole website will get fucked. It's another thing to like personally take people out and strong arm them and try to like I mean, right. turn them against each that. other. Fuck that. Yeah, he didn't have to do that. Like, he could have just like stood idly by and been like, this isn't going to work out, but hey, best of luck to them, you know? Uh, uh, yeah. or, or actually, the best case scenario would have been if he was like, I'm with you guys, fuck this shit, like, let's get you unionized. I, yeah, that's yeah, the weird I, thing. He, he got his payoff. Like, they're, they got a lot of money to sell the website. So why were they still acting like I, I've never understood that thing when like a CEO sells a company and then they're still kept on usually in the interim for a few years. It's so is weird. Like it's the, like a high schooler who graduates and then keeps going back to the school. Yeah, <laughs> Ricketts legitimately was like, I'm putting them in charge because they know how to make money. So that was Jake was like some kind of business guy. And then Chung got put in charge of the newsroom, which people were not happy about that because again they lost like their very well respected managing editor and the woman who worked under him who maybe probably should have been put in charge of you know how does this newsroom work was instead supplanted by Jen Chung who for whatever she did she did she had never run a, a newsroom that was composed of you know these people who are like I'm at the community board meeting, uh, and, yeah. you know, like, all this racist stuff happened, or even just, like, I'm writing about this new restaurant, or I'm at the precinct meeting, or just things that are, like, very granular, and they were, you know, like, so, yeah. so they were, they were supposed to, like, make both sites profitable, so they were there to do that, and it was weird to have all that happen, and to, like, you know, in a... In, in a way where it was like, they were like, don't treat this as, you know, like they would tell the DNA info people, like, you know, I don't treat this as like an invasion by Gothamist. It's like, well, we sit in all their old seats in this, <laughs> in this office, and yeah. uh, the person who co-founded Gothamist is like the news director now. So like, We have literally invaded, yeah, but don't so think like, of it as an invasion. You know, don't, maybe don't tell them that it's not at least a little <laughs> bit of an invasion, you know, yeah. like. I got it. Like, we did very different things as websites. And so to, you know, keep, and to sort of, like, put us all in one office and be like, you're not competitors anymore, but you write about the same thing sometimes. And sometimes literally both, like, two reporters from uh, each website 
we'll, or one reporter from each website will be at the same thing, and you'll both write about it. But you're not competitors. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah <laughs> it's weird. Sometimes we will put you guys uh, in a, a, a fist. Uh, you'll have to have like a fist fight with each yeah. other, <laughs> where only one of you will be able to keep your job. But you're not competitors. Sometimes we will put you in a dome. <laughs> <laughs> Ask you to beat each other to death. Uh, I was gonna say it's it's so uh, perplexing to me. Like you know this all every time like. A website is told to become profitable. It's so clear to me that you just have to start a porno vertical. <laughs> also, become a porn website well, the, and have a subscription, and then you're profitable. Well, but no, but but you, well, you're sort of right in that the only business model that makes money now is essentially like the new Jasmine Cam Girl model. <laughs> like that's the model we use. That's the model Twitch uses. It's true, actually. Like that's true. the model that the like Cam Girl model like is the sole model of profit. The, on the only internet. that is all the internet is is like like we do this stuff for free and then. People throw us tips, and like that's just like how it is. So, did you guys ever, in talking about unionizing, ever talk about doing cams or anything? <laughs> <laughs> it never came up. You know, we, uh, we, like I said, we never really got that far after we uh, yeah. after we won. So it was. Uh... So, so you guys, um, you won on the twenty seventh, and like. What's amazing, by the way, is that, like, we're starting to already see, like, the L.A. Times is beginning a unionizing push because they're dealing with Tronk's yes, bullshit. Like, yeah, yeah, good, good shit. It's good that. stuff. Like, we're beginning to see a, a sort of a, I believe what you did actually began to inspire people, which is exciting. The more uh, newsrooms we see unionized, the, the less garbage news we get. I mean, it's not that complicated, and yet... The the thing I notice about when big money gets injected into you know websites like Gothamist or you know uh, you know what 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 the shell of Gawker is now un, under under uh, Univision money is that it, it all you know the, the local focus is not of interest to major advertisers period like the only thing they care about is major national news so all of a sudden uh, you know websites like LAS Decifus and Gothamist like well they they cover things that don't uh, cover you know 400 million people so why should we give money to that as everything gets cheaper and cheaper online the scope gets bigger and bigger and it's very shouldn't it be the other way around i I don't really understand why for some reason big money means less local coverage but it does i mean you know part of it is like you said there's there's not as much of a profit uh behind like really localized stuff part of what made gotham is so good is that you know, money-wise, is that you could, since you had the ists across the country, you could sell to, you know, a national audience while still being local. But I think that people have to, and this this includes me, I, I get a lot of fucking news for free, but, like, I think that people have to start considering that you got to pay for some of this stuff. Like, you got to pay for Spotify, you pay for Netflix, maybe you got to pay for journalism that right. gets people into community boards, into precinct meetings, into these smaller protests that become larger movements because, mm-hmm. you know, it's this thing that, like, uh, we've, I've been talking about with people, like, Facebook and Google, Google control the entire ad market, so you think you're getting it for free, but you're the, you're the product, man. Right, like, yeah. they're just harvesting <laughs> all your data, so maybe, wouldn't it be better to have a system where you paid for it and everybody was like, Oh no, we don't use cookies to track your every move on the web. I don't even know if that's technically the right way it happens, but we don't track you everywhere. Like we don't, we don't. It's know more than everything. just cookies now. Yeah, yeah. Like we don't know everything about you down to like the schedule when you take a shit because we don't have these weird malware stuff on our websites. You just pay us, and we you know reward you with the news that you need and want. 
Well, that's an interesting thing. I think I remember a few years ago before I quit Facebook, I had this moment where I was uh, I was freaking out to my mom on the phone about how I shouldn't have dropped out of college. And then I immediately logged into Facebook and it said, thinking about going back to college. And I oh, went, oh, fuck, fuck this shit. Uh, but I realized, like, how much happier I'd be if I spent, like, 5 to $10 a month and had a social network that was free of tracking and ads and blah. But n- the reason it doesn't exist is because it literally goes against the interest of these social media companies. Like, they don't want you to pay to not have the ads. They want you to get all the ads. They want you to be inundated in these feeds. Right. And and so, I mean, the whole website's just a commercial now. And, I mean, the same thing with Google News. Like, you know, there was that huge scandal with uh, Barry Lynn and the New America Foundation and Amory Slaughter with Eric Schmidt, uh, the CEO of Google, basically saying, like, if you keep covering uh, Google's monopoly, we'll cut off your foundation. And uh, you go on Google News and you look up that story, it's buried. Like, to, we, we have, over the last few years, for some reason, entrusted so much of how we see the world uh in, into to the hands of Mark Zuckerberg. Well, I yeah. don't even think, like, I'm not sure he even sees, like, the same colors I see when he looks like <laughs> I don't know how this man's brain works at all. Uh, I, I got a pitch for how maybe local news could work. What about, um, what about, like, you just hide it in something that seems like national news? Like, if they were like, here are the events that uh, in Los Angeles that Robert Mueller is investigating this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Robert Mueller is investigating Trencher's sandwiches in yeah, Echo Park because they have a new lunch special. Yeah, Oktoberfest is on and Robert Mueller is on the case. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Robert yeah. Mueller Robert Mueller is at a city council meeting to yeah, discuss exactly. zoning. <laughs> I and I think, you know, I, I could be wrong in that like people haven't tried it before with the subscription thing, but like I know that I know the demand is there, and I know because, like I said, I started a much smaller website that would, like... Brooklyn, yeah. Yeah, Brooklyn. And, like, I started there as the, like, events editor, and people wanted to know, like, what's going on in Brooklyn that I can do that's cheap? And we never made people pay for it, uh, but, like, maybe people would pay five bucks a month to, you know, get our view on things. Like, you know, maybe it's, it's just, like... You know, it's 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 a thing where I'm like standing on a cliff and I'm like, well, somebody has to jump off the cliff and see what happens. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's interesting. It's almost as if we've been trained over the last decade or so to seek uh, viral spread for everything that we make online. Like, if it doesn't get you know at least 15 million hits, or if it doesn't get this many clicks. Then, it, then it's worthless. Yeah. Right. But the, the but what's weird to me is like, okay, so, you know, I was an actor for a while and like, you know, I was in some stuff that millions of people saw, but I, I got paid jack shit for it. You know, with this podcast, we get a few thousand people who listen and then, you know, we get a few hundred people who pay. And like that, I would take that any day over yeah. millions of people watching something I've done and nobody fucking uh, paying me for it. I don't get it. The- I I, I, kinda, I guess I agree with you. Like that, I think that like you know, if if local news is going to take hold again, it kind of has to start with the local people from every from, you know from these places. You know what I mean? Like, and I think that you're right, actually. That like I and I think people won't even notice, but like they're going to start 
wishing that they had those lists of things to do every weekend. You know what I mean? And like people are going to start missing this in, in their lives. Well, it's not just the lists of things to do. No, no, but, I, but I think that's where it starts yeah. from. Right. And then I think that that like grows and they're like, I don't know anything about like, like I used to go to LAist and like I would go to see like what was going on this weekend and then there'd be an article about like what's, you know, uh, right. the city council meetings. Like I think this will grow in people like missing that. And then I do think you're onto something, Dave, with like a, a you know, uh, maybe people are just be willing to pay a small fee and maybe you just uh, hyper focus, you know, smaller audiences who are more passionate and more willing to hand over a little bit of money. Yeah, because yeah. the idea of paying for a podcast would seem like ludicrous like three years ago. Like this yeah, actually insane in Brent Easton Ellis actually like was one of the first people who was like charging for his podcast. And it's a really a good in-depth podcast and he got pilloried for it like people talked about him like he was like charging like for water in like a her a devastated hurricane area area at the time we're, we're like not they, supposed to pay it's meundies.com and stamps that pays <laughs> but it that, that's changed so much obviously chapo trap house being the number one example but now there's a lot of like big shows that do the patreon model and of course uh, we do as well patreon.com slash struggle session uh um, please mm-hmm. uh, subscribe if you're interested. It's uh, really awesome. Yeah. You get a lot of bonus episodes. Um, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's like the way people can change the way they think about these things without us even noticing it happening. So uh, maybe it will go to a different model where like you'll pay a couple bucks a month for, if not, uh, you know, not Gotham Miss, but Gotham is like. Um, network or site they'll give you access to a bunch of articles that are local and maybe a podcast or two to kind of ease you into it right because it's all part of this this broader uh scary thing that's happening where basically billionaires and algorithms have decided that there is no culture there is only content right and because everything's just content, it doesn't matter what the content is. The only or thing is – or who makes it. The only thing that matters is who controls the platform. Right. And so guys like Ricketts know that. And and they they can take their business models and they can start a million different websites that all use the same, you know, never-ending scroll feeds and use the same, you know – uh, uh, mobile fr- mobile-friendly gimmicks and yeah. pivots to video. But in the end, like – People are gonna fucking realize that well, like the they're also- they're missing they're missing a bigger picture about the world and the internet isn't giving it to them like it used to. And I think that I think that we're witnessing a generational shift in that. And I think Patreon's just an element of that. Of that, I think that people are smelling bullshit these days. Like, yeah. And, and I'm not sure if they know what that bullshit is yet, but I think everyone's nose is perked up and they're smelling bullshit. And I think people are, you know, Choppa's a good example of it, but there are other podcasts. I think that the model is going to move more toward that. Like people sort of curating on their own what things they're taking in by what they pay for. And, you know, maybe this is a way in some small way to rest, you know, the uh, media back from corporate interests. Uh, I mean, and the only way we can do that is together. Even, you know, you look at something like WNYC uh, around here. People, you don't have to pay to listen to it, but so mm-hmm. many people. I mean, right. I mean you, you the NPR model works. A, a WNYC tote bag around here. Like, people like giving their money to it because they do good they do good work. And they're committed to it. And they're, you know, committed to, like, informing people around New York City what's going on. Uh, and not just, not even in the city. Like, what's going on in the world. Uh, so I think that there will come a time, like you guys were saying, when people are going to start 
paying for this shit, and and I I I can't wait for the day. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. If people want to like, like I. I you know, our, our NPR station, our local NPR station has, like, lately been taking, like, a lot of, like, ads from, like, the Koch brothers and the right. Walton Family Foundation, all these billionaires. But that is, like, a byproduct of essentially our capitalist system kind of going out of control where, like, not even the, you know, the money, they get a little money from Congress. They get the majority of money from, you know, listeners like you, viewers like you, the uh, the Betty White PBS model. But then even, like, things are so expensive nowadays that, like, they still have to reach out and that affects their coverage. And, like, the NYC thing is interesting because I don't think they take corporate money. I, I Correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't believe the N- WNYC station does that. I believe it's purely, like, uh, government and local funded. If I'm wrong, cut all this. I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have to, yeah, I'd have to look at their donors. Uh, you know, I mean, I think that they do get some some instances where, like, you know, some fucking rich guy like cuts them a big check uh yeah because that like that's a way that they're they're less threatened they were less threatened by the whole thing when trump uh was gonna you know like cut public radio funding i was talking to my friend who worked there and i was like are you guys worried and he was like at wnyc no because like you know we have all these fucking rich people who donate all the time yeah hashtag resistance libs Uh, types yeah (laughs) But you know, like people are like good for them. They give they, they support this quality local journalism. He was doing it, but he was saying like other stations, you know, like if you're in like Tuscaloosa and you're the, the local yeah. NPR affiliate, like that's really you're fucking fucked. bad. Yeah. Uh, because you don't have these rich people who wanna, you know, get their name on a you know, like a list of thank you things where they have all those ridiculous like uh inner circle, diamond platinum donors, <laughs> uh, all that shit. Yeah. And you look in the program and you're like, Well you gave them $250,000 so you can get your name under that? Like, but that's what rich people do. <laughs> it's, it's weird. I go, to, I go to the synagogue I grew up at uh, now and then, and I'll just, like, they got a wall of names yes. filled with, like, rich people who, like, throw stuff in. And, like, they have, like, little buildings named after themselves. Like, r- it's very rare that you hear about, like, a rich person making, like, an anonymous $2 million <laughs> donation right, no, or whatever. What rich people want is their name on a brick. They want their name etched into a brick, uh, and that's, but, that's the most that you can ever hope for. So if anything, that's the legacy if that anything, they all talk about. We could have avoided all this if you had just guys named your uh, union chapter after Joe Ricketts, basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Joe Ricketts Local 35. <laughs> yeah, God, we should have tried that one. Well, hindsight's twenty twenty. Um but uh, uh, this has been really illuminating. Yeah, do we? Yeah, uh, we want to geek out a little bit. He, he's a wrestling fan. Oh fuck! I gotta go pretty soon. Oh yeah, my car. <laughs> in, but I, I, you guys can stay and talk wrestling. <laughs> I am. I am. I, can I just? I just wanted to mention one thing before the the geek part because I just I think it's very important uh, that like people from DNA Info and Gothamist have kind of been doing their jobs anyway. Like, even with that, it's like we're weirdly, like, wandering around headless. Like, somebody drove by, and the mayor was meeting with a, uh, a House of Representatives guy in, like, an empty electronics store in Queens, and she just tweeted about it, and, like, people were like, oh, so that's where the mayor is. Uh, my other coworker from Gothamist is just, like, watching the MTA board meeting while he's making an omelet for no reason, because he's like, I don't know what else to do. And he yeah. caught the uh, MTA chair on a hot mic. Saying like I got enough fucking problems when people, when people <laughs> were like, 
hey, can we have some disability access uh, talks? And that's what his response It's so was. New York. So, like, everybody's doing the work. doing this shit, and, like, yeah. I'm just beyond losing my job and, and, you know, everybody and, like, everybody else not having jobs. I am just so upset for all of the good journalism that was robbed. Right. Yeah. From and the thing, cities. yeah. And it's, it's important so to note, it's so insanely frustrating, and it really is important to note that, like, what the Gothamist sites were doing was not, like, it was not opinion-based stuff like us chuckle fucks. It was no. not commentary. It was reporting. Yeah. It was on-the-ground journalism. Difficult stuff to do. Difficult not, stuff not to, to do. do. And we live in an era where it's all been fucking thrown into a blunder, where opinions and reportings and facts, and it's just, it's all a mess. So you have to really admire the fact that even though everyone's getting laid off, they're doing what they do best. Yeah, yeah. I'll say that this whole thing, you know, in a weird way, is is bittersweet for me because I, I I really feel for you guys and I think it's really terrible what happened to you, but also the list the the guy the list you guys put together of things to do on the weekend are were the only way my fiance ever got me out of the house and I hate to leave the house so there's a part of me <laughs> well don't worry there's going to be you know like uh, I just hope you guys are covering all of the the guillotines in the next few years. <laughs> There's gonna lie, a lot of heads are gonna. Yeah. Well, uh, let's move on to wrestling. Then. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, L, you take over because remember, I'm the moron when it comes to, to wrestling. Yes, here. yes, yeah. you two um, plebs uh, still don't understand. <laughs> still don't understand the art. Yes, uh, uh, me the, the. I'm the Marvel fan of the group. Yeah, you know, so they both time, look down on me. Yeah. It's time for wrestling chat, or as I like to call it, zone out time. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, I mean, come on! It's like there's—it's fun. It's so fun. There's there's hip, there's rock and roll and hip hop. There's comic books and then there's pro wrestling. Those are the three great American art forms. <laughs> if you don't understand all of them, you understand nothing, basically. So uh, I have to have you put together a primer for me sometime. So uh, uh, Dave, uh, so uh, JDB uh, sent me uh, where you told me that you hadn't actually been watching um, lately that much. So not super recently, I, uh, it was like a combination of things, like, obviously, there's uh, my life falling apart, uh, there's uh, the baseball playoffs were happening, and they were incredibly compelling, uh, so there kept being games on, like, Mondays and Tuesdays, but then, you know, I'm like a WWE guy, and so sometimes you just get to the point with, with the WWE where you're like, why, like, what the fuck are they doing, like, what, <laughs> why am I, why am I watching, like, you know, them, like, just bury these dudes that I love who, like, don't always fit what Vince McMahon thinks is, like, the archetypal American Superman, and I just, like, I, I get this thing where I'm like, well, I guess that I don't have to keep up with it every week because, like, you know, I watch this fucking three-hour show and I'm, like, you know, punching my couch because I'm mad. Not about, <laughs> like, this, not, like, I know it's fake, but, like, the way that they tell the story. I'm like, oh, it's all wrong. Why would you do that? Why do you do this to me? Like, you know, so you're uh, mad about what is real about wrestling. Yes, I am. I'm mad at all the things because, like, you know, I, like, know about some behind-the-scenes stuff. And I, like, I'm always like, oh, who fucking cares if they don't like this guy personally? He's good at what he does. So just stop fucking having him lose. Or, like, stop, you know. Um, yeah, so, so yeah, there's actually a massive crossover between what, you know, the average 
wrestler goes through now, especially independent wrestlers, and what you went through with uh, Gotham as a uh, as a journalist, because you know WWE has uh, conglomerized all of professional wrestling. And I actually talk about this a lot on the latest episode of Street Fight, which you can get at their Patreon at patreon.com slash streetfightradio. And we basically talk about how, like, you know, there is no union for wrestlers, right? So there's no right. protection for anybody working for WWE, like, whatsoever. They can hire you and fire you whenever they feel like it treats you any way they feel like it um, and you really can't do anything about it you're powerless and it's all at the whim of another extremely stupid um, billionaire named Vince McMahon well uh, like that's not fair like Vince is a dumbass but it's more like he just has these weird um, perversions and obsessions that drive him uh, to completely keep doing stupid things as opposed to being literally unintelligent right I mean there was a great there, there's the Jacobin article by uh, Dan O'Sullivan that was awesome about uh, wrestling's labor history, and there was also a good Vice sports story a year or two ago about like the unionization effort in the WWE. That uh, oh Hulk Hogan fucking sunk that <laughs> asshole fucking racist. Uh, not a nice guy. No, oh. bad guy. Bad guy. Oh come on, give give Hulk a break. He, he, <laughs> he this is a man who li- he is also. I mean, he look. He's a victim of having uh, what was it? Bubba the Love Sponge filming him fucking. What, uh, I mean, that's I not just, cool. I'd like a who among that's us? Like a major piece of American media history now. It's, it's so yeah. I mean, and that was one of the less crazy things that happened in the last yeah. few years. <laughs> Like uh, uh, man, reading through the, like the last like like the history books on like the last twenty years of America are just gonna be <laughs> so insane. <laughs> uh, um, so basically, we lost yeah, the, we mean, lost the First Amendment because uh, Hulk Hogan was filmed having sex by his best friend, and I think that's <laughs> incredible. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, like wait, like the the labor conditions there are not good at all. Uh, and, and, you know, I mean, I, like, I, cause people are like, oh, wrestling's fake or whatever. It's like, they get very hurt. Yes. It's not it's, a thing yeah. that, like. That pain is know, real. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, and, and I, you know, I'm, like, I, I see people also do, like, I go to a local wrestling at, like, a VFW hall sometimes, uh, like an American Legion or something, and, like. It looks like they're having fun, and, you know, I get that they're not, like, not everybody there is like, I'm going to be in the WWE, but, like, it's still very punishing. And so the idea that, like, in these really big money promotions, and, you know, especially in the WWE, you're just at the whims of, you know, you have a bad Twitter exchange, and Vince McMahon is like, actually, I don't like where we're going with your career anymore, like, we're burying you, and it's like, what? That's all, like, it just takes one weird fucking guy... Uh, it's so, so, yeah. Yeah, Dana White does it too. It's... Right. Yeah, like, Dana White uh, fired a guy for posting a joke from Workaholics, uh, basically. Like, he, uh, like, he, he fired him, like, on the spot. Like, he posted a, uh, in the joke, it's kind of a hacky joke, and I... Which I, I don't, I don't really understand, because there are, like, so many UFC fighters that are just, like, 
like brutally violent people. Yeah, and, domestic like, Dana abuse. White is, abuse. Yeah, domestic abuse. And like Dana White is very clearly like a gangster. Like he's very clearly like a mobbed up individual. So like the weird moral clauses in the UFC and the way that they're inconsistently uh, enforced. I mean, it's probably very similar to the way Vince McMahon does it. It's his own fiefdom. He get he gets to do whatever the fuck he wants to these people. Yeah, so I guess it all comes down to um, no matter what s what you're looking at in life, um, rich people are ruining it, and uh, it's time for us to rise up and uh, take them out. Basically, uh, you uh, you you are extremely correct. Uh, although <laughs> yeah. I did want to say, I guess I should mention things that I do enjoy about wrestling, and not just uh, you know, I I don't know if you're a WWE guy, uh, Leslie. But the one little I've seen of the uh, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn friendship is fucking. It makes me so very happy. Uh, uh, you know, I'm not guys. a big WWE fan, but I did watch them um, when they were. You know, what was it? Kevin Steen and El Generico in yeah, ROH. So they in Ring of Honor. I don't know what the fuck either of you are talking about <laughs> anymore. <laughs> oh, uh, we're getting we're getting deep into it. So basically, You're getting deep. Yeah. Well, basically, it, it's basically so t- these guys have been friends for a while. There's two um, French Canadian guys. There's a skinny one and a fat one, and they're yeah, the and they always looks like James Murphy, but a professional okay, so- wrestler. Wario and Waluigi. <laughs> yes, yes, basically, <laughs> or, or just Mario and Luigi. And sometimes, okay. they're some most of the time they're friends, but every time, uh, every so often, Mario will turn on Luigi and beat the shit out of him for like six months in a row, and then they'll be friends <laughs> again. And they just kept doing this on the ending scene for a while. Eventually, they both got signed with WWE. Uh, and they redid the story, and then they were away from each other, and then they're re- redoing it again now because WWE has no original original ideas. So they're basically just taking the IP that these guys created on these other promotions and small time uh, companies, and just uh, recycling it for the third time on their show, basically. And uh, people okay. like it because they have they work they legit you know friends, and they work together for forever and uh people enjoy it so that uh, yeah that's it, just, it just works it's i think once they both got signed everybody was like oh shit we're gonna see this with like bigger pyrotechnics now this is great uh, okay but uh that makes sense yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like mean, you know mario and luigi making the jump to to the switch <laughs> yes yeah, yes from, yeah. from the <laughs> nintendo to super nintendo to the n64 yeah. wow holy shit like the, the the plumbers we love are back and with better graphics than ever <laughs> exactly <laughs> Okay, uh, I'm following this. <laughs> yeah, no, you did a very good job explaining it, Leslie. I, w- I would have been totally... I, I, it's impossible for me to explain to normal people. Uh, <laughs> Wait, so, D- Dave, you're a smart guy. You're a funny guy. Uh, so how do you... Uh, I was asked this on Street Fight, but how do you deal with people who are like, you know, wrestling is fucking fake or wrestling is stupid? I feel like that's kind of died down in the past couple of years. But oh, it definitely, it definitely has. And I mean... You know, I think I, I had a friend who gave a very good answer about this because uh, he was asked by like a, uh, another friend of ours who worked for the New York Post, and he was doing a thing when uh, you know when SummerSlam uh, was here last year, and he was like, "Why are all these adults watching wrestling?" And my friend was like, "You know, all these people like live tweet the fucking Bachelor." <laughs> Every, seemingly, seemingly every day, The Bachelor is some version of The Bachelor is on, judging by Twitter. So, like, it's very hard for people who are, like, really into reality television to turn around and be like, oh, you watch wrestling? 
Yeah, motherfucker, it's the same thing. Yeah. But, but, <laughs> and we actually you know. have a former reality TV show writer on the show right now. <laughs> yes, oh, I, uh, I used to write for Duck Dynasty, so uh, watch what you say. Hey, no, it's, <laughs> it's you, you know, you like what you like. No. It's like the era of just, you know, you're, so yeah, I have, I have very few people who yeah. are ever like, I can't believe you're doing this. Like, I went to WrestleMania when it was in Dallas a couple of years ago. And nobody, uh, not one of my friends, was like, "Boy, this is a stupid thing that you're doing with yeah. this." Mud. Like, this is expensive. You're flying halfway I mean, across the country to like be the drunkest person in Cowboy Stadium. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely ridiculous for anybody to shame wrestling fandom when we li- live in like one of the worst times culturally of all time. <laughs> like everything that anyone enjoys is just like children shit. You know what I mean? Right. Like uh, right. Everybody why is it that like you're like, oh my God, like don't you know wrestling is fake? Like I'm off to see Captain America Civil War. It's right. like it's exactly right. the like, or, or Hamilton. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're putting Harry Potter in the resistance and then you're like, oh uh, that guy isn't actually punching that guy. They they're actually friends. They don't they don't really dislike each other. And it's like yeah I, Cool. Tell me more about yeah. how Voldemort is uh, running, yeah. running the United it, it, States. Which, oh which, uh, which character from Game of Thrones is <laughs> <Clinton> again? <laughs> okay. All right. So um, All right. Uh, we, we kind of have to wrap <laughs> We got it. a lot. We, uh, oh, yeah, sure. We, yeah. yeah. No, I to, uh, yeah, my AC is busted, so I got to take it into the shop for my car. Yeah. So, actually, sorry, I, uh, we have to uh, run because Jack actually um, – and you're, run, you're going to uh, – we've been online. We have been you know recording for a little bit on uh, – was it uh, Thursday morning? And actually, Jack yeah. is on his way to a, actually a, a fundraiser for uh, Al Franken. Um, he's oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's, yeah, 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 he's running it again. So uh, let's get the top. I haven't checked in. my phone, but yeah, I bought a uh, thirty-five hundred dollar plate. And, uh, <laughs> oh, and just get to like get a few words in with the senator. Uh, um, who you know, uh, uh, it's looking good for twenty twenty. Uh, I'm already. Uh, so I'm already seeing online that like he was oh he didn't actually touch her he was doing the hover hands yeah. and I've already seen well this picture was staged uh, she's a right wing hack like it's oh man he's so fucked <laughs> uh, what are you guys talking about I'm just joking <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he's, uh, by the time you hear this to read this but I'm not yeah. like. Fucking asshole. Yeah, by the time yeah. you read this, he will be done and he'll have deserved. Yeah, he'll be, he'll yeah. be, he'll, he'll likely have either resigned or started like a Russia did it campaign. <laughs> <laughs> he'll join with Rob Reiner and David Frum to uh, a committee to investigate Russia. Can I just say that, like, I, I think I might have mentioned this before on the show once, but I, no, no, I didn't. Al Franken in the 70s was asked by Henry Kissinger for tickets to SNL. And he said, like, fuck you for Laos, Cambodia, and Vietnam, and hung up on him. And, and so what Today, you're saying is Kissinger is finally getting his revenge. Kissinger, <laughs> no, Kissinger got his revenge when the writers of SNL not only let Trump host, yeah. but, like, wrote sketches for him to, yeah. like, participate in. Like, today's SNL... Like we we today we can I don't know why, but people still consider Lauren Michaels a subversive. And like the fact is is like the most subversive we got was Al Franken. Like he was as left wing as SNL got. Yeah. So like uh maybe like they don't actually have all of the fucking answers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe Saturday Night Live is not where all of the uh the good takes come from. SNL is trash. It's a it's a fucking horrible show. Like, <laughs> like, hey, like on, get into it right now, got, but like uh, how Alec Baldwin says drunk? 
It's so great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Alec Baldwin's impression. It's insane. It's like crazy to me that his impression is so bad, given that like in real life he's so close to actually <laughs> Trump. Like they are just the same person, but somehow his uh, impression is just fucking dog shit. Uh, but everyone uh, pretends it's I'm good sure, anyway I'm, because we're I'm, all just fucking bored. I'm sure Baldwin has never had any in- inappropriate sexual conduct whatsoever. Yeah, well, no, yeah. He, he's already <laughs> definitely. He's already me. he's already doing the pre-covering thing. Right. Like, you yeah. know, I was. I was bad to women. Yeah. I was, which yeah. is, uh, you know, right, well, I guess a, a lot of dudes anyway, are going to do that. I'm off to the, I'm off to the fundraiser. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> as you guys know uh, uh, how Senator Franken is in person. Uh, uh, thanks for coming on today. Oh, yeah, really yeah, gosh, thank you so much for having me. Thank you. And uh, where, where do we plug your stuff, Dave? Because uh, you're currently a nomad. That's true. Uh, I, I am a Ronin uh, wandering the, uh, the the content uh, uh, lands, but I guess you can just tell people. <laughs> To uh, follow me on Twitter, uh, and that has my websites on there too. Uh, it's just uh, at so it's Dave C O I O N. Um, the the the, uh, the the people who have Dave Cologne and David Cologne. Uh, one is like some guy in Florida who loves riding his bike, and you know more power. <laughs> I love doing that too. Uh, but then the other person is like just a locked account that has never tweeted. And I wrote to Twitter uh, once being like, hey, can I have this? Like, can you guys, because this is clearly, like, somebody just, like, sitting on this or something, and they have been for years, and they, like, uh, they're like, oh, no, we can't do that. And I was like, fine, I'll just do that thing where I put uh, a capital I that looks like an L, and, uh, you know, everybody will be extremely confused. <laughs> but, uh, well, it's a, it's a situation, it's a, it's a solution that makes nobody happy. <laughs> this is the one, uh, that had to be, that had to go with. So everyone follow him. Uh, is it Dave C-O-I-O-N? Yeah, Dave, uh, D- yeah, Dave C-O-I-O-N. It looks like Dave Cologne if you, you know, and squint at it. Rem- yeah. remind me again, Gothamist was forced to put their archives back up, right? So or archives- is all... The archives are up now. Um, oh, good. Okay. Oh, Jesus. We don't know what's going to happen to them uh, necessarily. Like, they're, they're going to, like, put a third party in charge of it at some point. Uh, but I do want to give a shout out to uh, Parker Higgins. He's uh, at XOR on Twitter. Uh, he made, like, a, a, a web tool that scraped all of uh, Gothamist and DNA Info writers' works. And like, oh, he saved your yeah. stuff. Oh. Yeah, like, shout out to that dude. Everybody was like, what do you want? Do you want drinks? Do you want, like, your name in fireworks across the sky? And he was like, I just want a union <laughs> pin. Uh, Hell so fucking awesome. yeah. So he was, he was so good. Uh, shout out to Parker. Uh, thank you so much for that. Like, saved everybody's Parker, work. Parker Higgins. You rule. Parker Higgins, you rule. Uh, in fact, you're the one, you're the you rule of the week here yeah. on Struggle Session. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Parker Higgins, you get it. Uh, uh, and thank you so much, Dave. We really appreciate yeah, having you on. on. Uh, this oh, really cool. yeah, no, thank uh, you again. Had a good time. Uh, and we'll let you know when the episode airs. Yeah, cool. well, uh, thanks for listening, everyone. That's the end of the episode. Right. Goodbye. Peace. <laughs> we'll see you all next week. I was a poser, multiple personalities I'm
Thank you for listening to today's episode of Struggle Session. Uh, subscribe to us on Patreon. If you'd like to shoot us an email, hit us up at thestrugglesession at gmail.com. We are at strugglesession.us. If you'd like to check out our Tumblr, if you would like to follow us on Twitter, not me, but us in general, check out at Struggle Sesh, S-E-S-H. Like what you hear? Want to hear more? Check us out at patreon.com slash struggle session or sesh.plus or struggle session.substack.com for all our public episodes, commercial free, as well as hundreds of bonus episodes. Thank you to all our listeners for holding us down five years strong.